health is about more than just staying fit. And with every year that goes by, I'm becoming more and more fascinated by how what we eat can impact our health and our potential, with a particular focus on gut health and the gut microbiome. It's not just what I eat either, it's how I eat too. It's all connected. That's why I've developed my own number one living drinks brand. Number One Living is based on this idea, the simple notion that by putting our well-being first and improving the quality of what we put into our bodies, we get more out of life. My range of kombucha drinks are full of bacterial life cultures, designed for a happy and healthy gut. They're sugar-free, vegan and naturally sourced, so you can feel great on the inside and enjoy life on the outside. Choose from refreshing raspberry, passion fruit or our award-winning ginger and turmeric kombucha. The number one living range is widely available in Sainsbury's, Holland and Barrett's and Boots stores and online at numberoneliving.com. Grab yours today. Okay, on with the show. Nothing changes until we change. So when something does happen at a deep enough level within our being, it just seems like the problems of our old selves can't survive any longer as the problem for our new selves, not in the same way. They lose their relevance. They lose their stickiness, their attachment. We don't actually solve the problem. We just transcend it. We just cultivate different internal conditions which inspire the blossoming of other types of thoughts and ideas instead. It's like tuning to a different TV channel rather than trying to fix the show that we weren't enjoying and had issues with. There is a danger, I think, when we always manage to manipulate the external world so that we get to remain as we are. It's like surrounding ourselves with people that always end up agreeing with us or saying yes. We miss the huge opportunity to discover all that we can be. When we fight for our limits and when we succeed, we just get to keep them. How we transform and how we continue to explore the possibilities within who we are is becoming the major focus of each episode of I Am. It's not so much about becoming or arriving at that ideal version of ourselves. It's more about surrendering to something far, far greater, tuning into that authentic, original voice of our calling, uncovering our purpose and following our highest passions and excitements along the way. Guests of the show have described it as the power of getting out of our own way, of allowing, of letting go, of becoming aware and remaining curious when it comes to our challenges and stresses. These concepts have introduced us to practices like meditation, relaxation, acceptance, prayer, unconditional forms of love and compassion and all kinds of ways of connecting to nature. They're designed, I think, to immerse us into the unknown to become one with it. They act as a doorway. They aren't the answer at all. They're just a doorway into that true nature of who we are. They are able to be this doorway because these practices, they don't serve that old us. They don't obey its conclusions. They're not recruited by its needs or enslaved by its conditions or driven by its state of mind either. These practices actually dissolve all these things because they offer none of that closure, none of the guarantees of survival or success that we believe to be the answer to all our issues. 
They're just a movement and a devotion into new space instead. So when we willingly engage in something that transcends our compulsion to control the next step and own the outcome, then we're left with nothing but engagement in the now. And then it's game on. What is so very powerful for me also is how fast these practices can operate and heal. It's sometimes instantaneous. We've heard examples of this. Letting go doesn't obey rules and regulations. It isn't held hostage by expectations or conditions. It can feel sometimes like it is an iterative, gradual process, but sometimes it can happen in big chunks or with a bang. The power of the body and our relationship with it, I believe, is one of these immense avenues, one of these doorways for accessing different experiences of life in fast-moving ways. It's one that I hope to keep exploring through these podcasts too. Today, we're going to look at it through the lens of nutrition and some associated lifestyle opportunities. We've had plenty of inquiries about this, and there's going to be more of it to come later down the line too. But our central focus for this one is the gut microbiome. And it's something which is becoming a massive part of my life in more than one or a few ways. So I've been speaking to Dr. Rory Robertson. He's a microbiologist with a strong background in human nutrition. And you can hear plenty from him on the upcoming guest podcast. He was such a good sport for humoring all my idealism whilst providing that much needed scientific perspective. So for a quick backstory to set this up, midway through my career, I was beginning to find myself more than a touch disillusioned by how fitness and what we could achieve and numbers and figures and metrics was usurping the being, like that doing was usurping being and health in importance and in all kinds of other ways. By constantly pushing the body and the mind, seeking these, I guess, destinations, I sensed that, in essence, I was actually heading further and further away from that balance, clarity, calm, that in grounding and engagement that I longed for and knew to be so crucial on that match field. So, yeah, I started questioning that single-minded, but more importantly, that impatient approach and definition of performance. It seemed to be at the cost of my potential. At the same time as me going through all of this, my wife was also embracing a newfound passion for nutrition. She was researching deeply into its health benefits. In her field of study, she was becoming very interested in the power of what we consume to transform our experience. So we were bound to cross paths sooner or later. Throughout my younger career days, my view of the body was simplistic. It was totally closed and shut. In fact, actually, you could probably say it was disrespectful. The way I saw it, I was carrying around this suit of organs and bones, muscles and tissues, bit of blood circulating around it and these five senses, all of it just there to help me navigate my way to the top. It was a machine that got me from A to B, so I paid little attention to it, truth be told. Apart from when it wasn't going fast enough, it wasn't being strong enough, it wasn't powerful enough or in comparison to others and it didn't look the way I wanted it to. So I like to complain about it. When it didn't hold up well enough to a battering on the field, I blamed it. I blamed it for when things went wrong. So you can imagine talking to me about the gut microbiome at this point in my life was similar to trying to get me to sit quietly and do some meditation. No chance. I mean, I struggled even to go and see the physio when my body was in pieces. 
So me take care of it myself, me look into it for its beautiful intelligence. There just wasn't a hope. But a few years later, several lessons, many of them I resisted, but eventually some of them I took on board and the perspective shift that came about through it. And I was ready. I was all ears when my wife took me through what she was uncovering in the field of fermented living foods. I started looking deeply into it too and was taken aback by what I was finding out. My guest outlines it really nicely. And I think you've described it well there in the previous view that we had of, of these uh, other organs inside of us not being us. But, but we do need to actually consider them. They are us. You know, they're, they're, they're not another being. We aren't just humans. We are now what kind of should be described as holobionts. We are a kind of walking ecosystem ourselves that is an environment that houses both human cells, but also a huge diversity of other life as well. This exciting field that has kind of come about in the last uh, number of years has shown that our intestines, where most of these bacteria are present in our body, is both physically and biochemically connected to our brain and, and to our spinal cord and all parts of our nervous system uh, in a huge number of ways. So firstly, our, our gut and our brain are physically connected through hundreds of millions of nerves which pass uh, from the brain, the spinal cord to all the other organs in the body but a huge number of them connect uh, to the gut. And there's one particularly large nerve called the vagus nerve, uh, which is critical for sending both messages from the gut up to the brain, but also vice versa from the brain down to the gut. So a good kind of example of that is if, if ever you get nervous, maybe before a big game, before an interview, before a presentation, most people then need to go to the bathroom. They start finding something in, in their gut. We start getting butterflies in our stomach. Uh, and that's a, a real physiological symptom of this brain-gut connection. You know, it's our brain that is getting nervous and getting anxious and it's sending signals down to our gut. But what I suppose the, the big revelation in this field is that these signals actually get sent the other way around as well. And, and that maybe what's happening inside of our intestines can actually send messages to our brain and change the way that our brain uh, functions and works. So it's mad when you consider this, I think. It's almost too difficult to to get an image of, to conceptualize that half of what makes us who we are in terms of our physical body isn't even us. That half of what makes us who we are in our physical body, it's not even actually us. So how humbling is that? On top of this though, this microbiome, this gut microbiota, is so unique to us that we do need to consider it as us. And it has this incredible intelligence all of its own. So here we get that insight into how it can really revolutionize the way we see life quite quickly. So when we look at what it does and the role it plays, we get a bit of an insight into how quickly and how deeply it can alter the way we see life. And so one example of this is some of these microbes, these bacteria or the cells in our gut can produce certain chemicals called neurotransmitters. And these neurotransmitters literally mean brain chemicals. You know, these are chemicals that usually work in the brain. They make us feel happy and sad. They make us feel stressed. And these can actually be produced in the gut. Uh, and one of the examples of this is serotonin. 
Serotonin is nature's antidepressant, really. It makes us feel relaxed and calm and, and happy. 90% of the serotonin in your body is actually produced in your gut. Now, uh, uh, he, the serotonin has other functions in the body just to make you feel happy and sad in the brain. It, it can do other really interesting things in the gut, like make your intestines move properly to pass things through. But this just shows that a huge number of these chemicals, such as serotonin or another one called GABA, can actually be produced in your intestines and, and send signals to the brain to change the way that we think and feel. It's amazing how looking after ourselves, paying attention to the conditions we create and cultivate on the inside, we can become like different people altogether. I found this so exciting that I decided to team up with my wife, follow her passion that was all about enriching our bacterial content and helping those populations of bacteria to thrive. So we began fermenting our own foods, foods like kimchi, sauerkraut, which is a fermented sort of cabbage, and sourdough bread too that we prepared and baked. We started brewing also a few different kinds of drinks as well. Kombucha, which was from a base of green tea, and kefir, which was from milk. So fast forward a little bit, and in 2017, I end up creating a living drinks health and well-being brand called Number One Living, all about putting living and feeling alive at the top of your list. So this brand, it manufactures and sells all kinds of kombucha and kefir products in the most authentic ways possible. What the dream behind it was, was to bring this opportunity to as many people as I could to make it as accessible as possible as well. I wanted, though, just as much to open up this limited and commonly held view of the body, that it's just a machine that's there to obey and listen to our demands. I wanted it to be respected for the unfathomably intelligent piece of life it is. We can spend infinite amounts of time trying to understand it and still it continues to baffle us. Finally, though, I also wanted to pay some reverence to these massively influential gut bacteria, so essential to our survival and also to our thriving in life and getting to touch more of the possibilities in it. I think what's great from my field is, is finally the science is catching up for us to be able to understand the complexities of, of all of this. And when we think about nutrition and psychology or, or neuroscience, whatever it is you want, you want to think about in terms of mental health, the issue previously is that these are two of the fields that are most prone to nonsense, really. They, they can be so subjective, they can be uh, so prone to uh, non-experts or, or people kind of jumping on them to um, create falsehoods. And I suppose now we're starting to understand through proper science, through proper ways of studying the body in different circumstances, how nutrition and how brain health are, are properly linked in, in different ways. That's what's really exciting about this field. I mean, there's examples now of specific diets which have been tested through proper control trials to reduce symptoms of anxiety and depression in people clinically diagnosed with depressive states. Or there's really interesting insights looking at how certain viruses or certain microbes inside the gut can be linked to even things like multiple sclerosis or Parkinson's disease. We might have had these ideas before, but really now it's the science that is taking out these individual pieces of the larger ecosystem and, and putting them into context of our health. But in order to truly appreciate the gut bacteria, I feel like 
it must happen in combination, in partnership with a deeper appreciation of the planet, of our bodies and of life too. When we can see our planet and the others on it and those other species too, as part of us and ourselves, as an integral part of this ecosystem of which we are, then the way we respond to them will be naturally filled with compassion. Because how we are within ourselves when we receive our food, it makes a huge difference. We're always consuming in our lives, in every situation, in every moment. It could be information or energy, oxygen, water, nutrients, understandings that could be flowing through us. It doesn't matter. There's always things going in. We're always exchanging. And when we're able to receive in a relaxed, loving, grateful and consciously aware manner, then growth for me becomes a constant, unavoidable, synergetic and world-changing phenomena. Rory uses an expression that sums it up so brilliantly for me when he's talking about the gut bacteria, how to feed them and how to help them thrive. He refers to it as rewilding ourselves and champions getting all different kinds of food types into our body. If you think that we have this ecosystem of thousands of different organisms inside of us, these are like thousands of different plants and trees and animals within a, a jungle or within a garden. They don't all live on, on the same food. You know, you, you wouldn't feed a, a insects or a, a tree the same as a, a tiger or, or something in this larger ecosystem. They all require uh, different sources of energy. And so we in the nutrition field, and not only in the nutrition field, just as individuals day to day, are probably guilty of too much monotony in our diets and going to the shop and buying the same thing every day because of familiarity. You know, people might think that if they want to go to the gym and they want to be strong and they have this picture of health, then they need to have their chicken and their broccoli and their rice every night and that'll make them healthy and strong. But this isn't good for this other half of your body, uh, all of these microbes inside of you, because you'll only be feeding a, a small subsection of them. And really, you need to be changing up all those different sources of food and providing as many different sources of food as possible for these. And it's particularly diversity of plant foods because plant foods have all these different fibers in which are the fertilizer or food for, for our gut microbes. And it makes so much sense. Diversity and variation are so key in our diet for nourished and thriving bacteria populations. But so also are diversity and variation so imperative for our life experience too. Every time we opt for security, every time we choose our assumptions or stay, I guess, attached to our expectations and commit to routine, to, I guess, seek comfort over vulnerability, to choose control over exploration, to lose that sense of curiosity and love, then we are going to end up moving towards stagnancy and feeling more and more isolated. And moving away, I think, from our self-worth. I see it a little bit in the intense processing of nature's food sources. It feels a little bit like we're removing the nuance, the uniqueness, the higher realms of it from that intelligence. And it's all about fitting our ever-sharpening preferences. It's so similar also to what we do with our unconscious mindsets and habits 
because we're constantly, I think, rejecting the unlimited and perfectly balanced offerings of the now. Instead, we prefer to go to the mind to try to intellectually find that security in it, to contract it, to fragment it, translate it into snack-sized versions that we can own, uh, take credit for, that we can throw around. And with enough of this in our diet, I guess it's always going to end up with some suffering. If we keep nourishing and employing all our faculties, especially discomfort, creativity, playfulness, vulnerability, then it's going to stand us in a great space for expanding. If we don't use them, we stand to lose them and our worlds are going to get a hell of a lot smaller. Although our worth and our potential, I don't think it's ever going to turn its back on us. There is perhaps a risk that we might turn our backs on it for so long that to find our way back in this lifetime might be a push. Our planet is suffering. Our humanity is suffering. And so, therefore, will the next generation. Maybe it's now or never. Maybe it's always now or never. It's time for a 180 degree shift to turn inwards. Rory raises this message using gut bacteria as the example. The combination of all these things kind of uh, changes that interaction with the microbial world so that when we get a bit older, when we do have an exposure to an allergen or a certain type of food or a certain bacteria or something like that, our bodies go into this kind of uh, hyper-responsive state and that manifests as allergies or it manifests as asthma. And so that's what's happening in, in our world, unfortunately, is that we've destroyed this interaction and this relationship with, with microbes um, so that our bodies are kind of responding to that in, in an awful way. And there's a fascinating movement to try and restore these disappearing microbes that are almost becoming extinct. You know, previously we had trillions of different types of microbes living inside of us. And now over time, as generations go on, there are less and less different types of microbes living inside of us. And it's almost like a kind of extinction event that we'd see in the natural world. I think the most profound and powerful takeaway from such an interesting discussion is that what's taking place on the outside of us and between us as individuals, it really seems to be a direct representation of what is happening on the inside of us as individuals. Excitingly, though, we can always get busy attending to, inspiring and unifying our internal universes. Nothing can stop us doing that. Whether we like it or not, I think this is what we pass on and share with others and the planet in our daily interactions. The environment that we, I guess, manage to bring about on the inside is the one we create around us on the outside. This is even the case of the gut microbiome. Rory explains that the people we spend most of our time with, we end up sharing our microbiome. So what I guess is simply required is that we be the change that we wish to see in the world. And this is where the big opportunity lies for real transformation. And who knows how fast it will act. We can certainly see it's not taking that long to deteriorate around us at present. And this pace is according to holding on to our limits. So imagine the healing impact if we let go. How much of our inner worth and our passion that we uncover 
during our lifetime. It really, really matters. Our gift to the world, I guess this is my opinion, but our gift to the world is what we do with ourselves and our situations. This is a privilege that no one can take away from us and it belongs to everyone. So with this in mind, I'd like to say to everyone out there, whatever you're going through, thank you for facing it. Working on ourselves, it does indeed work for all of us. Thank you so much for being here with me on this journey of discovery. I love being part of it. I love that you are too. Whatever comes up in you during these podcasts or in between, be it something um, supportive or be it something sort of more conflictual, if the impulse is there to send it across, please do so. These interactions have such a profound effect. They are important. I hope you get to enjoy Rory's insights and the light that he shines on what I consider to be a really important subject and opportunity. Take care, look after yourselves, and I look forward to catching you soon. My name is Johnny Wilkinson. This is the I Am Podcast with Dr. Rory Robertson. So that's it for another episode of I Am. It's brilliant to be sharing this unfolding experience with you all. If you'd like to get in touch with either me or the guest, then all the information you need is in the show notes. I welcome all and any feedback. I really want all of you to have a hand in guiding the feel of this show and the path of the conversation as well. So just keep them coming in. But until next time, I'm Johnny Wilkinson and this has been I Am. <laughs>